world government, the Environmental, Social, Justice, and Governance, or ESG. Biden using banks to push his climate agenda, even though it's a hoax. And the need for digital identities to enhance a cashless society. All in the news, all prophetic, and we will talk about it on this open line edition of End of the Age. Well, good afternoon, everybody. I'm Dave Robbins with End Time Ministries. Thank you so much for joining me on this edition of End of the Age. Now, today's Friday, open line. I will be taking your calls. Number to reach me, 1-877-363-8463. And I look forward to it. I had a great conversation with, I was on a radio program last night with Pete Santilli. uh, I'm on an interview with him. The first... Thursday of every month. We had to postpone last Thursday till last evening. Had a great uh, call-in program with him. A lot of great callers. And so looking forward to another great call-in show today. Now, to get the ball rolling and just kind of get the prophetic juices flowing here, um, a lot of you have wanted me to comment on this satanic or, or Satan Con 2022. This um, satanic temple is hosting this Satan Con out in Scottsdale, Arizona, uh, this weekend. So it says Satan Con happening from February 11th through the 13th is expected to set a record for being one of the largest Satanist gatherings. And the origin of this event dates back to 2016 when uh, the temple wanted to deliver opening remarks before a city council meeting. And that request was denied uh, by then Scottsdale Mayor Jim Lane. And so the temple sued for religious discrimination but lost in the Court of Appeals. And so um, they've been having these Satan Con um, meetings in February. And then this year it's going to be this weekend. And the tickets for this meeting, this Satan Con meeting, are sold out. I think they said there's going to be about... 350 people show up. So, a lot of people wanted me to comment on this. The thing is, is that on one hand, I'm shocked. I'm appalled. A Satanist meeting in Christian America? And I, can st- I still consider America a Christian nation. Even though I know there are a lot of crazy things going on, a lot of agendas being pushed, I think by and large, I would consider this a, uh, a Christian nation or a Christian, Judeo-Christian leaning uh, nation. So to have an event that would promote in any way, shape or form the enemy of the soul of every person, yes, kind of shocked, kind of appalled. But on the other hand, not really shocked at all. If you understand the prophecies of the Bible... 
in Revelation 13, it gives an account of the world government. It's Satan, really Revelation 13 as a whole, is Satan's master plan for the end time. A world government, world religion, and a mark of the beast. This economic sanctioning um, system. Looks like the uh, guys in the control room, looks like the air is going to mess with my coughing. And so if you'll cut the air, I would greatly appreciate it. So in Revelation 13, it gives a depiction of the world government. And it says, John said, uh, yes, I saw a beast with seven heads and ten horns. It said the beast was like it had the body of the leopard, the feet of the bear, the mouth of the lion. And it says, and the dragon gave him his power, seat, and great authority. The dragon is Satan. So the efforts to establish a world government in the earth today are, is driven by Satan. And it goes on to say in Revelation 13, 11 through 15, that the second beast that came up, which is the false prophet, the leader of the false religion in the end time, that he exercises the same power of the first beast. Where did the first beast get its power? From Satan. So all of these efforts to establish a world government and a world religion in the earth today is driven by the mastermind, Satan. But a key verse that I want you to see is the Bible says, not only will they worship the Antichrist and his world governing system, the Bible says everyone, who, everyone will worship him whose name is not written in the Lamb's Book of Life. That's Revelation 13, 8. But in Revelation 13, um, 4... It says, and they worshiped the dragon, which gave power unto the beast. And then they worshiped the beast who is like unto the beast, and it goes on from there. So they worshiped the dragon. There will be people on the earth that will worship Satan in the end time. So when I see, so in all actuality, to pledge allegiance to, thereby worshiping the Antichrist, you would be worshiping Satan himself. It's Satan's system that you're pledging allegiance to. So when I see these things like SatanCon, where people are advocating for, pledging allegiance to, or thereby maybe even worshiping Satan. Now they, would, they might say, well, we're not worshiping Satan. Well, then why are you having a meeting called SatanCon? I mean, come on. It's obvious what's going on. These are Satanists having a meeting called SatanCon. And so, but I want you to understand that the world religious system, the interfaith system that's coming into being established right now, this world religion, where let's just tolerate everybody's belief system, they would be more sympathetic to a, an in, a, a satanic belief system or a... Um, that because they have Wiccans, which are witches and warlocks and all these things invited to these Parliament of World Religions meetings. They would be more sympathetic to this satanic type situation who would say, hey, you know, come one, come all, let's just all be tolerant, than they would be to a true Christian that would say, no, Jesus is the only way to heaven. They will not, the, the, the interfaith movement will not be tolerant at all to a true Christian um, who believes that there's only one way to heaven. They call that religious exclusiveness. And so 
they would be more apt to be sympathetic to a Satanist than they would a true Christian. Who A true Christian could not say there was any other way to be saved other than through Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. So, when you talk about Satan con, yes, I'm shocked, I'm appalled that they would have anything that would have to do with Satan at all. But on the other hand, not so shocked. Because the Bible says in Revelation 13 that they absolutely will, there will be people on the earth that will worship Satan in the end time. They worship the dragon, which give power unto the beast. It's right there in the Bible, everybody. Hi, I'm Judy Baxter. When Irvin and I got married, we didn't realize that our calling would be a prophetic ministry. Since we started End Time Ministries, there have been many times we weren't sure how we would pay the bills, but God has always provided. We started with the magazine, then went on radio and TV, and now we have the Jerusalem Prophecy College in Israel and online and End of the Age Plus. The mission has always been to reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ and the End Time Message. Through the years, my husband would say, we will see revival like never before in the last days. We are living in the end time now. Thank you for walking this journey with us and continuing in prayer. You are a part of the team. Thank you for your generous support. It is necessary for God's purpose. The most important thing is that you are ready when the Lord comes. Our hope is to help prepare you for that day. God bless you and we love you. Major internet companies are silencing and censoring Christian voices online. These companies are trying to control what you see and hear. Almost 200 videos of ours have been marked as restricted online right now. That's why we launched End of the Age Plus, a platform where the truth won't be censored, a platform where we can preach the message of the gospel. When you subscribe to End of the Age Plus today for just $12.99 a month, You can watch all of our content in a secure, easy-to-view way from your favorite device. When you go to watch.endtime.com and subscribe, you'll get instant access to all of our teaching resources, including Revelation, the Unveiling of Jesus Christ, Understanding the End Time, End Time Magazine, and so much more. We will not censor our message to comply with what the world deems as politically correct. Go to watch.endtime.com right now or search End of the Age Plus in the App Store or Google Play. Okay, everybody, so today is open line. I will be taking your calls, and the number to reach me, 1-877-363-8463. Right now, all lines are open. I've never had that happen before. So I don't know if our Gettner's broke or what's going on. But anyway, well, I'm just going to keep on trucking because I've got a whole program put together. Um, so now's your time to call if you want to call. one 363 8463 So I've got a few questions that were, have been given to me and that I want to answer really quick before I get into the meat of the program here. And we had a writer write in and say, is the end of the age the end of the world? Because of a lot of this, a lot of people want to know about prophecy because they want to know about the timing. There was a book written years ago, 88 Reasons Why the Lord Would Come in 1988. Or 
will he come at the, at the millennium, the, the year 2000, or, you know, people want to know, how close are we? That's, many times, that's a lot of questions that we get. Dave, how close are we? When's this going to happen? How far are we from this? So, the question is, is the end of the age uh, the end of the world? Well, I think the question probably comes from Matthew 24. Because in the, in the Olivet Discourse, in uh, Matthew 24, the most famous prophecy chapter in the entire Bible, Jesus gives signs of His return. And the Bible says, this is, um, the Bible says, And as He sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came unto Him privately and said, Hey, uh, tell us, when shall these things be, and what shall be the sign of the coming and of the end of the world? Well, I want to know when the end of the world is, right? But is He referring to the end of the world? Is that when the second coming occurs, or is that beyond that at some point? When does that happen? Where the, the word world here, in the original Greek, you understand the New Testament was written in Greek. So the word world here in the original Greek is A-I-O-N, which in many places in Scripture, this is translated as age, the end of this age, because it does not refer to the end of all of humanity and the existence of the earth. Instead, this is referring to the end of this age that we are currently in, and at the end of this age, the second coming of Jesus Christ will occur and the battle of Armageddon. That's when the rapture occurs. And then, but we also know from other scriptures that there will be a 1,000 year millennial reign on the earth at that time, uh, that beyond, beyond the second coming of Jesus Christ. And then there's going to be the great right throne of judgment. Then the earth will be prepared. That will be the end of the um, human experience here on the earth. And we will go off into eternity beyond the great white throne of judgment. So, when we're talking about the end of the age here, the end of the world, it's not the end of the world as we know it. The world's not going to burn up and blow up and be gone at the second coming of Jesus Christ. There's still another 1,000 years after that. However, when Jesus was talking about the end of the world here, the original Greek word A-I-O-M was age. He's talking about things in Matthew 24 um, that will center around His second coming. So, very, very important. I wanted to clear that up. Now, I've got some more questions uh, to go through if we had time. I want to go to the phones here um, because today is open line. Again, the number to reach me, 1-877-363-8463. So, uh, let's go to LaToya in Michigan. God bless LaToya. Welcome to End of the Age. How are you doing? Uh, My name is LaToya. I just wanted to ask you a question regarding... The Ukraine and Russia, I, I'm reading the news media in an era saying that we're sending like 80,000 troops overseas. How is the United States going to play its role in this uh, arena, what's going on militarily? I'll take my ass off there. Okay, thank you. Thank you for the call, LaToya. So the United States' role in the Russia-Ukraine situation, it appears that... Um, Europe is trying to keep a a Russian invasion coming into Ukraine. And you understand that um, NATO was created 
to protect Europe basically from Russia encroaching into the, the European space there from those nations. So NATO was created. NATO became the, basically the military arm of the United Nations. Well, the United States... So there um, you've got Macron, who's been to see Vladimir Putin and said, hey, you know, we want to work out a situation here. We don't want you coming into Ukraine any further into Europe, so let's try to work something out. The news uh, media has said that reported that um, uh, Vladimir Putin has said, hey, I, I don't want to go in. I'm, I think we can work out some kind of an agreement here. But there's something about the way that Joe Biden is acting. It's like Europe is trying to keep it from happening, but Joe Biden is almost trying to instigate something. Now, I do not know what's going through the mind of Joe Biden. I don't know if anybody does. But I don't know if this could be an aversion to what's happening with the Vienna situation where we've lifted sanctions off of Iran and money is starting to flow into the coffers of Iran, the number one state sponsor of terrorism, uh, because they're trying to get... He's taken the sanctions off. He's lifted the sanctions to try to get them to make a, an, an Iranian nuclear deal or another JCPOA point two. So I, I don't know for sure why Joe Biden would kind of be instigating Vladimir Putin into a, a conflict when Europe is trying to say, no, 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 we don't want anything to do with this. I don't know for sure how it's all going to play out. I wish I did know. Um... But it's something that I'm following very closely. I still cannot get in the mind of um, Joe Biden. I, the, the way the guy thinks, what he's doing, who's telling him what to do, it makes zero sense. Again, one of the things, LaToya, you have to understand is that sometimes people will build up this big scenario going on over here. It's Again, it's like my Wizard of Oz scenario where they're all Dorothy and all the animals are standing there the tin man and they're looking at this big face this green face where what they ought to be looking at is what's good the guy over behind the curtain that's the guy pulling the levers and making things happen well it's just the same way here in this situation you know could it end up in a conflict yeah it absolutely could however it could be also be an aversion to our situation to what's really going on down in Iran or some other aversion. And that's another thing we need to follow. I'm following it very closely, but I still haven't got it figured out yet. We may just have to live through it to see how it all plays out. However, um, you know that the the midterms are coming up, the midterm elections. Look at how the the coronavirus situation is kind of almost going away. Not, not necessarily going away, but how everybody's lifting their mask restrictions and all these different things. Think about that. Right here before the midterm elections where the Democrats think they're going to get hammered, look at how everything's kind of changing. Joe Biden is saying, I'm going to do everything I can to lower gas prices and everything right here before the midterms. And then imagine if we'll just see what happens after the midterms. It's things you have to watch for all around. I wish I could give you a more conclusive answer on the United States' role in this Ukraine-Russia situation. However, at this point, 
I cannot figure out what's going through the mind of Joe Biden and how it'll all play out. We'll just have to live through some of it. I'll stay on top of it. But at this point, uh, that's the best I can do. Let's go to uh, Mandy in North Carolina. God bless Mandy. Welcome to End of the Age. Hi, Dave. Thank you for taking my call. Can you hear me okay? Yes, ma'am, I can. Okay, great. My question is kind of broad in nature, um, mm-hmm. and it's about studying prophecy in the Bible. Yes. How, When you're studying prophecy, how can you be confident in the interpretation you come to? Because there's yeah. so many different interpretations of end-times events yeah. and either when they're going to take place or what they mean, like yeah. what the seals mean, what the trumpets mean. Yep. But, but ultimately, like, I just have a problem where I can't come to a conclusion on any of it. So how can you be confident in your right. position? Yeah, understand totally. Um, so from my perspective, I sit at a little different position than most people because I'm following my father-in-law, Irvin Baxter, and his teachings. Now, Irvin Baxter, I know, I, I sit under, and so you ask me a broad question, i got to give you a broad answer, okay, Mandy? Irvin yep. um, Baxter was, I've known him since I was nine years old. He was my pastor from the time I was nine until 2015 when we moved down here to Texas. He was my pastor. So I've known him for many years. I have, he's been, he was my father-in-law for 32 years. So I know that he was a very, <coughs> excuse me, this crazy cough I've been dealing with. Sorry about that, Mandy. I, uh, I known him for many years, and I knew he was a very spirit-led man. And I knew him before end time ever existed, end time ministries. I knew him prior to that, how he would, I could see him be led by the Spirit in a service, in his life, different things that happened miraculously. So when end time ministries came along, he wrote his first book, A Message for the President, and he started studying these prophecies. He had been teaching prophecy to that many years before that. And God miraculously showed him many of these prophecies. I knew he was a spirit-led man, but when God started showing him the prophecies, they did not line up to the mainstream definition of these prophecies. And so what happened early on, Mandy, and this is really, I'm bringing everybody in on our conversation. Irvin Baxter, when he started early on in his late, in his um, 19, 20 years old, a lot of his friends said, hey, Irvin, you don't need to study all this out and seek God's face for this. There's a book, there's a man named Clarence Larkin, and he's got all this stuff figured out. All you need to do is get his book, Dispensational Truth and some of the other books. It's all figured out. You don't have to worry about it. So my father-in-law went out, bought the books, studied them, and he thought, well, man, this all sounds pretty good. But then he came to something in there where the Clarence Larkin likened receiving the gift of the Spirit to the, the three frogs in Revelation 16 that came out of the mouth of the, of, um, the, uh, the dragon, the Antichrist, mm-hmm. and the false prophet. He likened them unto receiving the, the Holy Spirit. Well, my father-in-law said, whoa, 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 hold up. If that guy is just that far off on that, then I know, which is diametrically opposed to the Word of God, then I need to go back. He made reference to that in the book. 
He said, I need to go back and really study all the rest of this stuff to make sure it's all correct. Well, when he did, God started really revealing different things to him miraculously. When, when you talk about the Chernobyl nuclear accident, all the different prophecies that God woke him up and said, go buy a newspaper, uh, call a librarian, do this. All these miraculous things. I saw all this happen. And I've studied Clarence Larkin in those books and all these things. And so knowing my father-in-law and that he was a spirit-led individual and how God revealed all this stuff to him miraculously and having researched and um, Clarence Larkin's teachings, which most of the people, most of the mainstream prophecy teachers teach from Clarence Larkin. They have a foundation of Clarence Larkin's teachings. Then I've got to look at that and say, okay, what am I going to follow? Dave Robbins. Irvin Baxter's gone. Uh, what do I follow here? What does End Time Ministries do go, moving forward? Well, I know. When I, ca- when I first come to End Time Ministries, oh man, it's been uh, close to 18 years ago now. I started, I wanted to find out and make sure this stuff is true. Can I disprove Irvin? I started studying things. And I'm telling you, he, he's got it right. God showed him this stuff miraculously. I know he's got it right. Even though it goes against the mainstream teaching on pre-post-trib rapture, all these different things. So having studied this all these years and taught it and, and it's ingrained in my fiber now, then I've got to look at it and say, you know what? We're teaching it right. God's helped us to establish the college in Jerusalem. All these different things have happened miraculously. And so I've got to go on two things, Mandy. The Bible says God is a spirit. They worship Him, must worship Him in spirit and in truth. So I know that in truth, the Word of God, because having studied this, it aligns up with history, it aligns up with everything. And then having been in prayer and been spirit-led individuals, that's how we lead our lives, I believe that we're teaching it correctly. We've, my father-in-law has never been wrong on one of his interpretations, to my knowledge. And so, and I've, I've been following him, again, for, for decades. Um, that's what I've got to go with. And, you know, when I look at some of the foundation of some of these other teachings, they're easily disproven. And I'm not, I'm not you know, trying to down anybody. I just think that some people need a little more clarification on what they're teaching. And so that's what I get from it. Um, and I, I've tried to disprove my father-in-law couldn't be done. I mean, having looked at the scriptures, I thought, man, he's got it right. I'm, 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 I, I, for myself as a man, am going to follow this individual because he's teaching it right. So that's where I'm at, Mandy. And having looked at everything he talked about all these years and everything that has come to pass in intricate detail, that's how we look at it and say, you know what? I can be very confident that I know that just the very last few that have to happen between now and the second coming I know they're going to come to pass beyond a shadow of a doubt. So I hope that answers your question, Mandy. I'm coming up on a, a, um, a break here. If you want to hold over, we can continue. Uh, and then we'll uh, you know, make sure I answered your question. So thank you very much. Whether it's a global pandemic, threat of war, or floundering economies, end-time events are happening around the world every day. How can you have peace in a world of such great uncertainty? With the End Time Magazine subscription, you can gain a deeper understanding of current events and its prophesied repercussions. End Time Magazine's exclusive content and prophetic insight allows you to understand where we are in the end time. It will give you peace when horrific news and events happen. 
When you subscribe today to End Time Magazine for 12 months for just $19.99, you can have hope for the future because you will understand what the Bible says about the time we are living in. You'll get access to exclusive articles like the Prophesied American-Israeli Alliance, End Time Do's and Don'ts, and Could School Choice Save America? Subscribe for you or a friend right now. Go to endtime.com or call 1-800-END-TIME. That's 1-800-END-TIME. The symbols and prophecies within the book of Revelation have perplexed Christians and unbelievers around the world. In his final work, Revelation, the unveiling of Jesus Christ Part 2, the late Irvin Baxter unlocks the mystery of the book of Revelation with in-depth analysis and commentary like you've never heard before. These comprehensive study tools, available for $299, will deepen your biblical understanding. Don't miss this special offer. Call 1-800-END-TIME or go to endtime.com. If your station only carries the first 30 minutes of End of the Age, go to endtime.com and click the watch button to continue today's broadcast. You can also finish up later by clicking the archive button. Okay, looks like Mandy's not with us any longer. I just want to make sure I answered your question, Mandy. Uh, if you've got a, any further comments, email me, drobbins at endtime.com. I'd be happy to continue uh, with that. I know that's a broad answer, but that's the best one I can come up with, having, you know, have a daily prayer life, studying the Word of God, um, and looking back at the, at the foundation of some of the other teachings that are out there, um, you know, I believe we're teaching it right. That's why I do this every day. That's why End Time Ministries is here. And uh, I'm, I'm very thankful for a solid foundation to go off of that was laid by God and my father-in-law, um, Irvin Baxter. Let's go to Susan uh, right here in Texas. God bless Susan. Welcome to End of the Age. Hi. Um, hi, Dave. Hello. Uh, my question is um, the red heifers. Where is that in the Bible? And... What does it mean when they actually do get the red heifer? Why did they? Why is it so important? Yeah. So um, the prophecy, or the uh, the prophecy, the the red heifer is mentioned in the book of Numbers, chapter nineteen, verses one through twenty-two, and it was a a sacrifice that was given to purify the nation of Israel because if anyone had been in contact. Um, with a, 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 a dead person, whether they walked by a graveyard, went to a hospital or some, been near where somebody had died, whatever, they had to be, there had to be a purification sacrifice done, and they had the, the ashes had to be mixed with um, water. They put ashes around the camp in different places, and it was just a, a purification of the nation of Israel, so that way they could then go up into the uh, temple and to you know, have the sacrifices and different things, or I guess it would be the tabernacle back then, but then to start offering the sacrifices. The red heifer was not offered every morning and every evening, or that was, the, that was only done in the beginning. There was, there was only been, according to Jewish history, there's only been nine red heifers ever. And so they believed that, in, according to their tradition, that the tenth red heifer would bring in, would bring the Messiah. Again, that's according to Jewish tradition. So it's a purification sacrifice. So why the Israelis today 
would want to get a red heifer is because they know that they're going to have to pure... They, they believe there's a, a third temple going to be rebuilt. They're right. gonna, they believe, according to Jewish law, that they're going to need that red heifer for that purification sacrifice to purify the nation of Israel. And then they can go up and start doing the daily sacrifices and things like that. So that's why they're trying to get a red heifer now. They've been trying for years uh, because they know they need that red heifer to, uh, you know, build the third temple and start implementing the, start doing the sacrifices there. So that's why it's very important to them to get a red heifer of the third in the third year to then um, sacrifice that, mix it with mix the ashes with water, purify the nation of Israel. Then they can start doing the sacrifices. That's awesome. Okay, yep. I appreciate it. Thank yeah. you so much. Yeah. So if again, Susan, if you want to read it, Numbers nineteen one through twenty two, and I'll, I've got a big article coming out in the next issue of End Time Magazine um, that you could read all about it and, and and check it out. Okay, that's great. Very good. All right. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. God bless you, and thank you for the call. Let's go to Mary in New York. God bless Mary. Welcome to End of the Age. Hi. How are you? Good. Thank you for taking my call. Absolutely. And my question is, um, now, with all these world leaders that are, like, responsible for their country, mm-hmm. I- I'm just trying to grasp, like, do they understand the magnitude of their position as far as... Um, where they are and where God has placed them, and if they even feel at all that it, it, like, if they know the prophecy and the scriptures, like, what they're doing. Like Trump, for instance, when he was in office, he took a lot of um, um, ministers' advice. Yeah. Like, do these other world leaders do that? Um, There's a lot of... um, what do you call them? Um, Advisors and things, or y- y- yes, yeah, that would guide them spiritually, right. like. And I know that somehow, I don't know if it persuades them one way or the other to to decide on things that goes on in the world. Right. But I, it just like I don't know how you cannot know the Bible, and run a country. Yeah, no, I understand totally. Um, So I don't know how the other world leaders do it. Most of them are not running their country according to God's will. And so I, I don't know how they do it because many of them are yielding up the sovereignty of their countries to a one world governing body, which is totally a humanitarian situation, not a godly one. And so, I, I, I mean, I can just tell you from experience and knowing history and what's going on, most of the leaders of the world uh, are not following God's will in this because the, if they knew the Bible prophecy, they would never be part of the world governing body because God's going to come back and tear down the, the uh, world government and all of the governments of the world. They wouldn't be part of that. So... I, I, I can Trump I can tell really, you with confidence. Trump was re- Trump was really good at meeting with evangelists. Like you could see that on the yes. news. 
No, I totally agree with you about I totally agree with you about President Trump. I agree with you about President Trump. Donald Trump was trying to pull us out of world government. I do not know specifically what people talked to President Trump about. Maybe somebody did. I I know that there were somebody had to talk to him about uh, maybe the um, the world government and different things. But Donald Trump understood because I heard interviews with him years ago that he said, I'm getting tired of the United States being taken advantage of. Something needs to be done about it. And I heard, about, I heard him actually say, I, I don't really want to be president, but I wouldn't rule it out because something needs to be done because the United States is being taken advantage of by leaders that we had in office who were globalists, who believed in a world government. So but he gets in there. That, yeah. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, the go ahead. Key thing, the key thing that I saw in him, that he stood with Israel, which was amazing. Yes. So that's one thing that many leaders of the United States have done. And that's one of the reasons, one of the reasons, I believe that we are one of the most blessed nations in the world. And, and ever. Because we are, just in a short 200 and what, between 40, 50 years, we've become the richest, most powerful nation on the planet. And I believe one of the reasons for that is because, number one, we have a Judeo-Christian base but also because we stand with Israel. God said, I will bless them that bless you, and I will curse them that curse you. So we, there have been many people uh, back to the 70s where we've used our UN, UN Security Council veto power to protect Israel. Whether somebody was a Democrat or a Republican, it didn't matter. So I think they knew that there were many people in this nation that supported Israel and that they better stand with Israel or there was going to be a mutiny of the ship here. And so that's kind of what's happened. But when Donald Trump come into office, he knew that, hey, he he knew before he got elected, in some of his stump speeches, he was talking about, the he was against the establishment. Me me and Irvin Baxter were watching these speeches just every night. We get home from dinner and we're like, did you see the speech, what Donald Trump talked about? He was against the establishment. He was against socialism. He was against world government. He was America first. When he started talking about all of that, He was going against so many presidents that were before him that some of them were pro-socialism. They were pro-globalism, pro-world government. So um, that's where, you know, Donald Trump did have many people talking into his ear. Uh, I know that for a fact. And so, uh, but as far as the leaders of the world, if they really understood Bible prophecy, they would never be complying with the edicts of the world governing body because God's going to judge that entity. Plus, the Satan is the driver behind the world government in the earth today. If they understood Bible prophecy, they would have nothing to do with the United Nations or the current world government that's being established. Okay. Yep. Now, I've seen interviews, and I've watched on YouTube with Putin, and he's been asked religious questions in the past. And his comment was that that is for the church. So what does that say about him when he says that's for the church? Yeah, because, so... I mean, I, that's, a, that's a big deal because, I mean, he's not willing to say, like, where he stands on religion. Yeah. Um, I, I, don't <laughs> um, know speci- I don't know specifically where... 
Vladimir Putin stands religiously. I do know that he is pro-communism. Even though I know the USSR has fallen and all that, he still is a pro, he's pro-communism today. And he's actually said that the disillusion, uh, the um, disbanding of the USSR uh, is, was one of the worst things that's ever happened. And that he is, he's, I, I've read statements where he was a pro-communistic, pro-communistic solutions. Well, if he's communistic, then he's anti-God, no God. And because you can't, there's no way you can control people in the way they do and treat people the way they do and be godly. It just sub, simply does not go together. So, but as far as, you know, um, some of these things, I, I don't really know how to answer some of them, Mary. I just look at their actions. They can say whatever they want to, but I look at what they do. And at the end of the day, 99.9% of the world leaders are, are not doing God's will in the earth today. They would never be part of the world government. Um, and, you know, we saw it happen. We went from President Obama, who was a globalist, to a Donald Trump, who was anti-world government, to Joe Biden, who just pushed us back into everything that Donald Trump pulled us out of. So I hope that answers your question, Mary. I, I hate to let you go, but I've got so many callers. I'm going to try to get to as many That's as I okay. can. Uh, thank you much, and God bless you. Let's go to Joe in New York. God bless Joe. Welcome to End of the Age. Brother Dave, God bless you. How are you? I'm doing tremendous, sir. How are you? I'm good. Boy, I'm listening. Great program, great question. So many different areas. I'm going to try to not take too much time. I could answer every question that was asked, but you see, I'm afforded a lot of time to study. Putin is an atheist. When he says the, the church, the church, he's honoring his mother. I've studied how Putin has come up, and he loved his mom which is a tremendous thing. And, but see, he doesn't, he, he's playing, you know, all the, he doesn't want to look like a bad guy. Putin wants to, like, be this shining example of a world leader. He don't believe in God, but he honors his mother by saying the church has the answers. Okay, that takes care of that. Number one, the reason why I was called up, I was calling up today is to let you and everyone that hears my voice to pray against this satanic conference that's happening in Scottsdale, Arizona. Mm -hmm. I received an email. I'm a member of Intercessors for America, and we've got to stand and take our authority because we're going to see these kind of events grow. This stuff used to be done in secret. Now it's right out in the open, the satanic occult practices. That's that's a thing that was on my mind. Jumping to a completely different subject. I'm 74 years old. I've been studying prophecy for 44 years. There was no one in history put more time than Irvin Baxter into understanding what the prophecies are. And you can't go wrong studying his stuff because it's the best. Amen. there's There's a lot of false teachings because yeah. people can be I'm coming deceived. up to a break, Joe. I've been part of the End Time family from the beginning over 30 years ago when my parents, Irvin and Judy Baxter, began the ministry from the recliner in our living room. My name is Jana Robbins. I have the pleasure of connecting with our incredible partners every day. End Time is a small nonprofit that runs a high-traffic website, a daily TV and radio show, the Prophecy College in Jerusalem, and more. Although we have less than 30 team members, we are able to serve tens of millions of people each month. 
We survive on the goodness of God and donations averaging about $50. If everyone hearing this message gave $22, our financial needs would be met for the year. If you only give to one cause per month, please consider partnering with End Time to help get the message of our soon coming King out to the world. Call us at 1-800-END-TIME to give today or go to endtime.com to become a monthly or one-time partner. Okay, Joe, so, sorry about that. <laughs> I, it's okay. Uh, I, I just yeah, really want to let pe- I just, you know, I want people to hear my voice because I'm not a youngster. I know what I'm talking about. I've met other people that have written books on prophecies. Yeah. Dr. Uh, um, James McKeever, I met 44, 44 years ago, who wrote a book 45 years ago called Christians Would Go Through the Tribulation. But that man was only afforded a certain time because he was, he was not in ministry, yeah. right? So he had only a certain amount of time. Now, when we compare all the things that are being said publicly by various ministers, most of them are being deceived. I'm sorry to say that. They can lo- you can love the Lord and be deceived. That's a reality. That's why we have to daily be in the Word of God and receive the baptism of Holy Spirit to lead us to know the truth. Yeah. And again, I will keep saying this. No one put more time and energy than Irvin did. Man. No one. And I'm telling you, after searching the Scriptures, when I first found Irvin, I guess that was four and a half years ago when I came across your ministry there, I I mean, my spirit started leaping for joy when I listened to Irvin, because a lot of questions in my mind, and again, I'm not a novice, man. (laughs) I was born again 44 years ago, you know? So... And I've, I've spent a lot of time in scriptures, and now at this old age, I have a lot of time to study things like these political leaders and their backgrounds and how they came up right. and, and what's happening on the, on the world stage. What you guys are following, Irvin's teachings, yes. is the best. Yes. Is the best. There's nothing that can come close to it. But we have to realize that someone can know and love the Lord and make mistakes. Yes, sir. So we have to weigh, weigh, weigh in the balance. Who put the most energy into understanding God's book? Right. right? Irving, yep. we, we, did you ever come across somebody that put more time and energy into understanding the prophecies? Yeah. So that will answer a lot of people wondering these questions about this teaching and that. Thing. Yeah. No, the, and now jumping back to the world well, leaders. Yeah, Joe, I tell you what, I've got a full bank going, of callers here I'm going to have to get to. <laughs> But I'm, I, I do thank you for the call today, and I thank you for your comments about Irvin. And we'll, we'll, we'll have to continue next week, but I'm going to try to get to these people before the end of the program. So I want to say God bless you and thank you. Okay, let's go to Pat in Michigan. God bless Pat. Welcome to End of the Age. Hi, Dave. Um, a question, another question on the Ukraine uh, situation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I just saw a headline where... Um, Biden is saying that Americans need to be out in 48 hours. Right. Um, so anyway, but so it's on the front page. And I keep wondering why, why the Ukraine, why the Ukraine. And I feel like and I just want to run this by you and ask you what you think of this. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, uh, because of the Black Sea, the Aegean Sea and going down through the Mediterranean, we know the Lord in Ezekiel 38 says, verse four, I will turn you back and put 
hooks in your jaws, and I will bring you forth, you and all your army horses and horsemen. And then in verse 7, he starts out, you, Gog, be prepared. Prepare yourself with your company. And then in verse 8, he says, after many days, you will be visited and mustered for service. In the latter years, you shall go against the the land that is restored from the ravages of the sword, which Mm -hmm. is Israel. So I'm wondering, and what's your take? Do you believe the Lord is actually allowing this, allowing uh, our participation at this point with with pulling uh, Gog over into the route that he needs to have to get yeah. down into Israel, right. picking up Iran and all of the rest of them? Right. So Ezekiel 38 and 39 is the Battle of Armageddon. Yeah. And so, well, right. So the thing is, and we're is latter that this, years. I'm sorry. And we're in the end times, latter years. No, yeah, absolutely. But the Battle of Armageddon happens at the very end of the Great Tribulation period. Right. And, yeah. I, the I, sixth. I, get, I understand that. My, right. but my thinking is, I was not clear why is he, why is this constantly Ukraine, 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 and it may be seven years from now because I know the other the. Um, Six Trump war has to happen. Yes. But the Lord says he is preparing them. And I believe that that's what's going on. Yeah. So now that, that very well could be happening, Pat. Yeah. Uh, setting yeah. the stage for the eventual evasion, invasion down into Israel. That could be yeah. happening. I thought you yeah. were asking, was this the Ezekiel 38 war? Um, no, I understand what you what what your your take on it is in okay. terms of after the sixth trumpet. But okay. I mean, it, suddenly it was cu- sort of clarified to me. I'm sure. I'm doing this. Yeah, yeah. I'm arranging the players. Yeah. No, I, I totally. Anyway, agree. thanks, Dave. Yeah, it could lead to it. Absolutely, yeah. because we know that Gog and Magog, modern day Russia, will be involved yep. in that along with Iran and Persia, uh, Iran or Persia, uh, with Gomer, parts of Europe. Togomar, Turkey, and all of them. So, it, yeah, all the stages. The stage is being set. Could this it be part of it? It absolutely set. could be. Um, but we, um, the thing I'm watching for right now, really, is the six trumpet war uh, yeah. kicking off. This Ukraine, Ukraine thing, it absolutely could boil over into a conflict. I hope it yeah. does not. But um, Me too. you know, I, I, it's I, going this, to happen though. What's that? The six trumpet war will happen. No, absolutely. And so that's what yeah. I'm watching for. Could this be sure. part of that? I mean, possibly. <clears throat> I, I don't know. We would have to tie it into Turkey, Syria, Iraq, and Iran because the Bible specifically says, loose the four angels bound in the great river Euphrates. I know we talk about it all the time, but I mean, I've, I've yeah. got to stick to Scripture. And so right. I would tend to believe that, that that's where the conflict will come from. Um, and again, Can with I this Ukraine situation, I could speculate... Yeah. You know, until the cows come home. But at the end of the day, I don't know how it's going to play out. I hope it does not. You know, and here's the deal, Pat. <clears throat> when I watch Joe Biden and how he is, um, how he's running the country here, yeah. if we had a good negotiator here, I, I believe, yeah. honestly, I believe if a Donald Trump was in here, I don't believe we'd be yeah. having this problem because Donald Trump totally would have agree. already been over there and said, look, how can we squash this thing? How can I put uh-huh. a damp rag? I mean, come down Vladimir Putin to Mar-a-Lago. Let's set out and have a sweet tea and let's talk about yep. it. But yep. again, with when you have somebody who is 
I don't know if anybody really knows how his mind thinks. Right. Anything, anything's possible. And so that's kind of what we're looking at here with Ukraine. Um, yeah. You know, when you've got the European leaders that are going to, to Vladimir Putin and saying, hey, what, what can we do here? Um, you know, I, it's right. just uh, it's kind of unprecedented. And I want to uh, I, I just don't know at this point. It's such a strange situation. It really yeah. is. Yep. OK. Thank you, Dave. Very good. Thank you very much, Pat. Um, let's go to Earl in Florida. God bless Earl. Welcome to End of the Age. Well, <clears throat> I just want to say a word, Brother Dave. Yes. I want to I want to commend you for your stance and and uh, and pray that you stay steadfast. My question is: I've been studying prophecy since I've been uh, a believer for forty five years. Yes. And there are prophecy teachers which treat which teach every position. Mm-hmm. And Basically, what I've found all this time is the the question hangs on a few things. Yes. When is the marriage supper of the Lamb? And Second Thessalonians two, uh-huh. when it clearly states, you know what it states in Second Thessalonians two. Yes. The the pre-tribbers believe that that when it says that there's going to be apostasy. They call that the rapture. Can you address that? Yes, I can. So when it talks about the apostasy in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, that there's going to come a great falling away, that apostasy or the defection from the truth, that occurred just after the apostles went off the scene. People went into, the apostle Paul prophesied. He said, when we go off the scene, grievous wolves will come in among you, even among the church, to steal these truths away from you. And that's exactly what happened right after the apostles went off the scene because of the lack of the Word of God and the lack of preachers. Uh, you understand a, a Bible would be handwritten back at that point. And so um, we went off into what's considered the Dark Ages. I'm not going to take time to go through all that history, but we went. that was the original great falling away. Now we've come back out of that when it started with the Reformation in 1517. We're in the Age of Enlightenment when we're coming back into the full truth. I believe we have the full truth at this point. Uh, but I believe there are more miracles on the way. However, uh, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 does not prove a pre-tribulation rapture, nor does any other scripture in the Bible. Number two. I totally the mar- agree. I'm sorry? I totally agree. Yeah. Could, so, you, uh, could you address the timing of the marriage? Yes. The yeah. So when you get into the structural elements of the book of Revelation, there's the seven seals, seven. I've got a little time, so I'm going to talk fast. There's the seven seals, seven trumpets, seven vials. These are different accounts of the second coming of Jesus Christ. They all begin at different times, but they end at the second coming in the battle of Armageddon. All the accounts. The the, um, sixth and seventh seal, the seventh trumpet, and the seventh vial. They're all the second coming, the battle of Armageddon. When you read the account of the seven vials, it reads from Revelation 16 all the way over into 19. Revelation 17 and 18 are parenthetical chapters uh, revealing the judgment of the the great whore, the harlot, the end-time false religious system. So you can read Revelation chapter 16, verse 1, all the way over into um, Revelation. Just, you know, you could skip 17 and 18, obviously, for just this conversation. Go over into 19, verse 7, and it's the end of of that account, and it says, Let us be glad and rejoice, give honor to Him, 
the marriage of the Lamb has come. His wife hath made herself ready, and to her is he is granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen, clean and white, and the fine linen is the righteousness of the saints. So what happens here, Earl, is that the Lord comes back at the Battle of Armageddon. In uh, Revelation 16, it says, Behold, it's Revelation 16, I think it's verse 14 or 15. Behold, I come as a thief. Blessed is he that watcheth, keepeth his garments, lest they walk naked, and they see his shame. He ha- it happens right there at the very end. That's when the Lord comes back. The Bible says also in this account, let us be glad and rejoice. The marriage supper of, that the bride is prepared for the marriage supper of the Lamb in the sky. So what happens, Earl, at the second coming, the Lord comes back with the sound of a trumpet. He gathers his elect from all over the earth, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain will meet them in the air. Then, the Bible says, we, we are gathered right here. We'll have the marriage supper of the Lamb in the sky, and we'll go straight to fight on behalf of Israel as the armies of heaven with the Lord when he plants his feet on the Mount of Olives at the Battle of Armageddon. Because right down here at the end of Revelation 19 gives the account of the Battle of Armageddon. And so that's what happens right there at the very end. The marriage supper of the Lamb happens at the time of the rapture. We have the rapture, the marriage supper of the Lamb. We go straight to fight on behalf of Israel at the Battle of Armageddon. It's Revelation 16 and 19. That's actually the fourth account of the second coming of Jesus Christ in the book of Revelation. The third account is the uh, simultaneous harvest in Revelation 14. I know that was fast, but did you get it? Yes, I get it. Thank you for clearing that up. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, there, there are... The, 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 a, honestly, we teach a post-tribulation rapture. The post-tribulation rapture is taught over and over and over in Scripture. The Bible says we're not appointed under the wrath of God. The wrath of God is the, is the um, seven vials of the wrath of God. The great tribulation is the wrath of Satan. I mean, it's just over and over in there, uh, Earl, so... Wow, we're out of time, everybody. I want to say God bless each and every one of you. We had still had some great questions left. I do apologize. Email me, drobbins at endtime.com, uh, or you can call in next Friday, and we'll continue this discussion right here on End of the Age. God bless. This has been End of the Age, brought to you by the faithful partners of End Time Ministries. If you're not currently a partner with End Time Ministries, or if you would like more information, we invite you to call us at 1-800-END-TIME. That's 1-800-363-8463, or visit us online at endtime.com.